Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I am your host. Here on The Connected Generation, we explore all things legacy wealth and legacy businesses. How to build businesses and wealth that would have sustained impacts not only over time, but also over space. And we have these conversations with genuine authenticity, curiosity and vulnerability. This week, I was joined by Pedro Onileri, who is a self-truth expert. Pedro is an intuitive writer, a vision strategist, a spiritual-based life advisor, mentor and coach. For over 14 years, she's had been working with companies to improve their bottom line by optimizing technology and enhancing employee well-being. Paige is also the host and producer of the Badass Fabulous podcast, which is focused on wholeness, love and courage and helps people grow from a beautiful mess to a fabulous glory. Pedro is also known as the Chief Encouragement Officer of the World, and she believes that every soul here on earth is born great. And in order for the world to thrive, each person needs to gain the courage to uncover the greatness of their soul and walk in their truths boldly and unapologetically. So I'd encourage you to tune in, enjoy, and please share this episode with a friend. Hello, Pedro, and welcome to The Connected Generation. I'm excited to have you today. Thank you. Thanks, Nikkei, for having me here. I'm so excited. Yes, same. Um, You're a wellness and spiritual expert. You are um, the host of the Badass Fabulous podcast. How did you get to where you are? Okay, that's a loaded question. Um, So I'm going to go all the way back um, to um, my career because it's basically part of my career now. So I went to school, I'm here in New York, and I went to college here. So after graduating, I started working in investment banking technology, did that for about seven years, completely lost myself in Mm. that job. um, Because I only got what, three hours of sleep every night for about six of those years. That was normal for me and the team. I hope that's not still um, being practiced today, but it was so horrible. It was a great experience in terms of I still use a lot of things I learned, but it was so stressful. But anyway, I left to actually start um, a business, which was a fashion e-commerce business, Decolte Fashion Lounge. That was um, like the first, I think, I believe it was the first e-commerce fashion site in Nigeria that launched. Mm. And um, it was all exciting, but... After a few years into the business, you know, due to a bunch of different things, the um, I had to put the business in stealth mode. And of course, it was after moving operations to Nigeria from New York. But <laughs> we'll talk about that maybe later another time. And um, so even while I was working on the business and I had just come out of work, I kind of didn't really have, I wasn't really grounded in anything. I really didn't know who I was and I was trying to figure out a lot of things. Yes, you know, imagine doing business in Nigeria. It's so stressful. And at the same time, I just felt like I wasn't enjoying the whole process, even though it was fun and joy at that time. Um, so I, so after I put the business on hold, um, I decided to go on this retreat, which was a meditation retreat. 
Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it, it's called Vipassana for people who want to know. And it's a silent meditation for silent meditation retreat for almost two years. Uh, not two years. What am I saying? Almost two weeks. <laughs> and basically what you do there is um, you just focus on yourself. It's completely silent. There's no, you know, no mantras, no music, nothing. And I think it was in that time my journey really, truly started. So this was in 2014. And um, I learned that um, I I, I was deeply connected to something way bigger than me. And for me, that was, I believe in that meditation, even though it was Buddhism, it um, connected me in a very deep way to God. And it also helped me to see that, um, to understand what it means to be a good Christian, (laughs) And I'm Christian. So so it was really random, but I think he was also got ordained. And then right after that, I I, um, decided to, I was already teaching some visioning workshops um, back in the days um, while I was doing the business, while I was in banking. And there are soul vision boards where I sit with people. They um, basically just um, create really beautiful vision boards. I do deep meditation. So people don't know what's on their boards until the end of them creating their boards. So that was also very interesting. And then after that, I sit with people one-on-one, we create an action map. And then after that, we implement or integrate the new vision into their already busy lives for about, that takes usually six to eight weeks. So in doing all of that, I really didn't see that I was getting into the space of some sort of guidance and counselor. And I always worked with embodiment, with people's energies, um, but it, it wasn't really defined back then. Um, I worked with um, helping people guide them to the God of their understanding as well. And a lot of people had a lot of self-doubt, a lot of fear and all that crazy stuff. So, so I still do the vision board workshops. And then when the pandemic hit, um, I decided to shift my focus you know, to do more. That's when the thought of the, or the idea of the podcast actually had been brewing for about 10 years. I got the name Badass Fabulous 10 years prior to launching in 2020. And I believe that, and I got it from a vision board I created myself. So, but I was thinking it was a fashion brand or, you know, because I love fashion as well. But the interesting thing about it is, um, I believe I was led, it was a time where So there there was a lot of fear, like people didn't know what to do, what was happening. And I knew, okay, if I'm being very fearful, the world actually needs more light, more courage, you know, more truth. Like me being fearful, even if I'm alone in my own apartment, is still energy I'm sending out, you know, even going for a walk and I'm very fearful. It's like, it's the wrong vibes you're kind of like putting out into the world. So I created this podcast, the Badass Fabulous podcast, to really help people, um, just to create some sort of guidance for people to take a journey back to themselves. So from all the years I did while working with people with the vision boards, I noticed that people were just lost and they didn't realize it. So it's like, how can they really come back to themselves? How can they really enjoy the lives that they're living? How do they create a life, know themselves and love themselves? And um, that's how the whole thing started. Um, long story short, it's a lot there that I put in there. Um, 
Sorry about that. Um, okay. Yeah, there's a whole lot in there that I, I'm really excited to delve deeper in. And I want to take you back to your days in investment banking. Um, how did you know that season had ended? Um, I, mean, mm. I think we talk a lot in society about starting new things. We don't often talk about quitting old things, knowing when to quit and knowing how to quit well. How did you know that this season was over and what was annoying and the pulling into entrepreneurship? What was appealing about that? Sure. So that's a really um, good thing. And something I'll say before I get into that is a lot of people drag the old thing. They don't close it off before they go into the new thing. So they're not fully in the new thing. So for me, I knew I had to completely close that chapter. So the business started um, by me. It actually started five years prior to it becoming um, e-commerce. You know, this was in 2009. I'm not even sure if that's five years. Um, So this in 2009, I usually would go to Nigeria every Christmas. My grandmother wanted all of us cousins to be home for Christmas, even though a lot of us were university here. And um, you'll go back and all you're doing is just seeing the same people over and over again. You know, is like same people every day parting different clothes. Like that's it. You can't, you know, repeat a clo- a, a dress or you know, you you know the culture. So yeah. I got so bored of it, and I'm like, you know what? I want to do something different. So um, I decided to um, start this pop up shop. Um, basically, long story short, I did it that Christmas. I was going in 2009, and from doing that. Um, Every year, it grew bigger and better. And because the job I had in banking was a very busy job, I decided to like start an e-commerce site. So like people leave me alone and I didn't have to do much. Not knowing <laughs> e-commerce is like 10 jobs, 10 departments, you know, on its own, <laughs> which is so crazy. That, managing that all the way from the States must have been challenging. So it was also challenging because, um, so the pop-up shop was just, the good thing was it was only during Christmas. So it was for about a week or two. It was for a week. And then as it grew, I would make it a week and a half or, you know, two weeks, depending on the year. So in 2012, that was when I decided, you know what, I want to um, build this website. And it kind of forced me. It's so weird how this happened you know, I would leave work early. I didn't even care. Like I was still doing my work, but in terms of me being there physically, I would be so excited to leave work as opposed to just being at work. And I'm like, so exhausted. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to go home, you know, sleep the three hours for a 730 AM meeting. Like it was ridiculous, you know, being at work till 1130, 3am, you know, I mean, back then we had like cars, we had dinner, like we could order dinner, all that good stuff. But anyway, um, so I decided to, um, I would leave work and I'll come home and work on the idea of e-commerce. I had never done e-commerce. So I was doing a lot of research and I knew I couldn't launch it until I found out like a good logistics plan or or a, a good logistics plan was number one to how people access the site. So it had to be very mobile first, mobile friendly, optimized, all that good stuff. You know, finding the right people to work with me to actually put it together as well was another great challenge. And back then in Nigeria, we had the USB that you plug into your computers 
we didn't have Wi-Fi. Do you remember the USB remember. internet yeah, stuff? Yeah, we didn't really have Wi-Fi. I remember I'll go home for Christmas and I'm like, isn't there Wi-Fi here? And I go and there's literally nothing, you know, when you're searching <laughs> for yeah. Wi-Fi. And then the MiFi came, you know, where you like go around. And anyway, just to know that season was cut short was um, I went in 2012. I did my um, my show then. And I had been working on the site, but it wasn't long. It was, it was still in the very early stages. And then I came back in January. I did my annual review. And, you know, being young and Black in corporate America, it's always a struggle with um, your end-of-year reviews. It's always BS, at least my experience. I always had to go to HR to contest things. It was just quite insane. And as soon as I did my review, with all the accomplishments I had, um, I just said I quit. It wasn't necessarily like, a, it just came out. And I'm like, yeah, I quit. You know, I can't do this. And they were, you know, it was um, such a big deal for some reason at the time because of the work that we were doing. Um, and, you know, immediately I got on a call with HR trying to extend it. In my head, like nothing will bring me back. They were going to double my, um, my, my, um, my end of year bonus, they were going to give me an increase, a title. I was like, nope, I'm done. You know, I, I have to go. And they're like, okay. Um, and it was, it was just a whole bunch of things. And so that happened. And as soon as I left, I just knew that, wow, um, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, I just knew it was the end. I closed the door. I didn't mourn anything because usually they say you have to like grieve, you know, after you um, leave something like really not grieve, but what I call it is, um, you have to, you know, really make sure you're closing the door on yeah. that so you can put your whole yeah. energy into this. So that's what I was doing. But a part of me was missing. And it was a part of me, which was the real me that I never got in touch with, you know, um, I never got in touch with through all the seven, eight years or so that I was working in banking. And another thing I noticed was that I could see how successful I'll be working in banking you know, I knew I would have the money, but the crazy thing about it was there was no joy. There was no happiness. The thought of work was draining, you know, knowing the weekend was coming and just knowing there are all these other things that I'm invited for and I can't even go hmm. um, because I had to work, you know, it was just very frustrating. So I knew I didn't want a life where I would be successful but I'll be very unhappy. So I knew something had to change. And this business was what I was hoping was it. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Um, you know what I find so so interesting is that in spite of only having three hours of sleep, somehow you found time to have this hustle on the side. Obviously, there was something um, you weren't being, like you said in your words, you weren't being fulfilled by your job. You were exhausted. You were drained. It wasn't energizing you. It wasn't exciting you. But you, excuse me, in your introduction, you said that um, when you first started off your business, you weren't really grounded in anything. You you weren't, you know, you didn't really know yourself. Can you speak more to that? Like, what was that journey? When did you start getting you mentioned that that meditation um that retreat you went on that meditation retreat was very pivotal in your life in discussing discovering yourself but i want to know more about how 
you not knowing yourself very well and you not being grounding in anything, how that manifested itself in you as a business owner? Oh, wow. Um, Yes. So there is this concept that I now call self-truth, which is um, what the Badass Fabulous podcast is about. And I'll talk about self-truth very briefly. Um, Self-truth is really coming back to yourself. So for example, the Badass Fabulous podcast, very catchy name, but badass really means the courage to take that journey within to discover who you are. And then fabulous is like your state of being after accomplishing or getting to the next level of yourself. We can talk more about um, life as an onion <laughs> later on and how we unpeel the layers. Um, but so, so that journey to become badass fabulous, I call it the badass fabulous journey. And it's really, um, you need a lot of love and courage, like courage to say no to a lot of things that you just know you are, um, what word can I use? You're, um, kind of sinning against yourself, like your natural, like, like your values, you're not aligned and you know if you say yes to this thing is just not a good look and you're so mad you did that so i did a lot of that um and then so so the main thing what i was trying to say here is um so i didn't really know my self-truth the truth of myself i was just you know right from college you go into this thing especially with um being nigerian it's all about success so even going there it's all about climbing up that corporate ladder. I'm like, oh, I must be the CEO of this very big bank. But that was my goal, (laughs) you know, to sit on the table with like all these people up there. I was so driven by money, like like Mm -hmm. so much. A lot of my drive was about money, not necessarily happiness. It's almost like money brings happiness. Mm -hmm. So me not knowing myself was me chasing the wrong things. And it came to a point where, you know, people would tell me, um, even at work, I just wouldn't say no to a lot of things. I didn't set the right boundaries. So I would work these crazy hours, even if it's, you know, a lot of requests from um, like clients even. And I knew they were not possible, but I'll kind of like force the team, the technology team to like build a solution and, you know, all these things. And I'm stressing everybody, including myself, you know, so it's, it's just, um, so I wasn't fair to myself. Then the no sleep, no rest. Um, I knew that, oh, if I didn't sleep at least like five hours in a night, I wouldn't function really well the next day. And I kept doing it, you know, um, and because of that, I also had to take a lot of time off, um, work. I had to take a lot of time off and my time off was escaping from my life. It wasn't necessarily just traveling to, it wasn't necessarily traveling to like have fun. Like, of course, fun was there, but it was just to escape. I didn't want to think of anything. I'm just numbing it down as opposed to being there really with my Mm. full self. And the way this um, translated into my business, um, like you had had said, how how did it translate into business was um, when I started with Decolte, I was still not very kind to myself. You know, um, I talked about self-truth is having love and courage. So it's the courage knowing you're you're improving and you're changing and you're taking all these things that don't make you you and you're transforming them into a better version of you. And to do that, you need a lot of grace and patience mm-hmm. and ease 
And all of that is love. So you need to be loving towards yourself as well, you know, as you're going through your own personal transformation. And so with work, okay, so with the business, the the story is is, um, a lot. So at that time, I was also... I was also engaged um, to be married when I was launching the business. And as soon as I quit work, it's almost like skills fell off my eyes, almost like my job was blinding me from really seeing a lot of things in life. I realized I was about to get married to the wrong person. That was another thing that I I think I was saved from. And um, it took a lot of courage So I started learning a bit, like I just knew like, oh, I could see divorce in two years if I move forward with this. And then I was launching the business. It was just, then I ended the engagement. So then going to Nigeria to actually do the whole big launch of like the e-commerce store, it was um, all that stuff happening personally. And then the business was also something great I was doing. So I decided, you know what, I'll just focus on this business. But in looking back, I realized that I wasn't, I didn't have the right foundation, like mm-hmm. in terms of personally, I wasn't grounded in anything, meaning I would pray here and there, I would do meditations here and there that I found on YouTube, because while working, I would do anything for energy. So if mm-hmm. you say, take this pill, it would give you energy, I would take it. If you say, you know, I would drink Red Bull and coffee because I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't resting. And I'm like, I was even fighting, like, why do I need sleep? You know? Um, so, so it just became this, um, whole thing where I had to learn for sorry. I just, it was almost like a natural knowing. And I think it was because I was resting more. So I'm hearing vo- like voices or just inclinations, like, you know, stay in bed longer do this longer. And I think that's part of being obedient to our, you know, how we are created. Each of us is like listening, being in that silent and listening, like, what do I really need to do? Um, I don't know if that answered the question. Oh, no, for me. Yeah. So. I'm so deeply fascinated. Um, you mentioned love and courage. And for those that are skeptical with everything we're talking about, it can sound a bit woo woo. Um, can, can, it can sound a bit nebulous, intangible, difficult to measure, etc. I want to know from your perspective, um, you embracing love and courage, how has that had a positive impact on mm. you or say your clients in their businesses or as them? Right. As mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I'll start with the clients. So a lot of people, um, that come to me, they, they think they have a lot of love within them. Like, yeah, I love my wife. I love my husband. I love my kids. I love the, I love life. Um, I love traveling, all this stuff, but they really didn't have, what I noticed is they didn't really have love towards themselves. So a lot of actions that they were taking were either to get some sort of external reaction, not necessarily them doing it for you know, of course it's good to be generous, but it's also good to be generous without expecting anything in return, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's, so that's fine. Being generous is part of love, but in terms of them being generous to themselves, they just couldn't do it. You know? So for example, maybe, um, what's a good example I can give? So maybe someone wants to start a, okay, this is a great one. So I know someone who was in, um, she was in corporate. Actually, I worked with her a couple of times. 
she was in corporate, very high position in New York, and she really wanted to start a business. And every time she wanted to do it, she would just be so scared. Like she can't take the first step, no action towards it. But she just knew that if she's able to do this business, you know, she would be extremely happy. Now, the job was just toxic for her. And what I told her, so so with the job being very toxic, it was um, it was taking a lot of her energy. So even when she comes home from work, she just couldn't cultivate that energy to just take one baby step to do mm-hmm. something for her. Mm-hmm. So the courage for her would be to really face herself, you know, face the truth of herself and say, okay, what is it that I really want? You know, when I say courage, courage with self-truth is really gaining the courage to get clarity in your life about your life, you know, Mm -hmm. clarity of what life you really want. That is really what courage is. And then going after it and doing the action to realize it, you know, and, and, um, the God aspect is as you're taking that action, knowing that it's not always going to work out the way you want it to, but knowing that you have backing, And that everything that happens, happens for your own good, positive or negative. And it's as long as you're bringing God into it. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of us run away from God when we've done something wrong or we feel bad. Um, So, so that, and it takes courage. Like maybe you, you, um, I can't think, maybe this is a very little thing, but maybe you just told a big lie that you're like, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have lied. Or, you know, and you feel so bad. So instead of like, you know, just going within, going to God and just saying, you know, I committed this or any sin, you committed this sin, you're sorry. Like that's really what, you know, redeems us from whatever guilt or shame or heaviness we feel when we've wronged ourselves and others really. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back um, to the person. So the courage for her was really to face her truths, know what she really wanted and to really see where she is Like what is really stopping her from taking that step? What is the fear? A lot of people just say, oh, I'm fearful, but the fear is a reason. And what is the why behind the fear? You know, a lot of people don't think of that a lot. So, and is that why that we really have to face, you know, and it's always very tough and it's something that could go all the way to childhood. It's something, and it it always comes back to, um, either childhood or setting things that happen in life or being a fear of um, something going on in the future or how others view us. And then for me, um, what was the question again? <laughs> no, it was um, love. And love and courage. courage. Yeah. An example for yourself or for your clients, how, you know, them embracing that has had positive impact on. Okay. Yeah. Or on their businesses. So. Yeah. So she was able to finally leave. And, and the whole thing was not, oh, leave your job and start a business. Like everyone's promoting in there. And this was a few years ago. Like people are promoting now, oh, don't do corporate. I always say, don't knock the corporate hustle because Mm -hmm. if I never worked corporate, I wouldn't have been able to start a business, you know, like just have that leverage. Um, Let's face facts. Starting a business is not easy. And starting a business is not easy. A lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to start this business. And it's it takes a lot of time, energy, 
making money is actually not easy, but I yeah. do tell people like making money is easy for me. Like you have to remember yeah, that, to but, it, that it, mindset, but it's, yeah. 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 We have to embrace it. But in reality, like making a dollar is not that easy, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a lot of responsibility because it's not just, Oh, um, a lot of people start small with just the business and just them. And maybe they hire contractors here and there, but you have to realize if there's no, you, there's no business. If there's no health, there's no business. There's no wealth. Like that statement is so true. So the very first person that comes first in everything, in every relationship is you. And that is the love. That is the courage. Like when things are so crazy, like, do you have the courage to say, no, I'm going to take five minutes, go sit in a corner and just breathe and just come back to myself. You know, when things are really ridiculously, you don't know what to do. You know, the the self, the love and courage part is, you know, you're coming from a place of love, like, okay, I'm very stressed out. What do you need right now? You know, and usually it's in your body when we're very tense, like we know that there is something not going right. So even if it's not going the way it is, the courage is stopping whatever you're doing to rectify that. Even if it'll take one or two minutes, sometimes it could just be, oh, I haven't eaten all day. We have to treat ourselves like babies. I did this all the time where I could work all day and not eat. And I still do it sometimes. And I have to force myself like, hey, Drew, you haven't eaten since... 12 and it's what seven you need you need food (laughs) you know and i force i literally get up go and find something to eat or order something like you know do that and i prefer to make most of my meals anyway but yeah Mm -hmm. um so that is the courage and then being loving and patient not angry but i have all this work to do um why didn't you do it earlier? Or why didn't you wake up earlier? Like the internal conversations we have, you know, that's really what love is like that. That's what um, we need to transform into more loving thoughts um, towards ourselves as well. So powerful. powerful. And yeah. you mentioned energy, please educate us. Energy. <laughs> so energy, energy is um, everything, you know, and I say this like, um, Okay, so you doing this podcast or meeting, your energy, like if you don't have, if, you, if you're not in a good space and you have very low energy, you're going to bring that low energy on. You're going to force yourself to be, okay, I'm doing this podcast. Like you're going to drag yourself to just say, oh, I really need to um, do this podcast and kind of fake it, you know. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, um, having low energy and then, um, but if you have very high energy or good energy, I don't like to say high or low, really it's, if you have good energy, then you're putting good energy into what you're actually doing. You know, if you're very low on energy and you're, you know, for example, someone maybe, okay, maybe there's a couple, they just got married and, the woman's just so exhausted because she started a new job or whatever. And she's very low on energy. And the guy, you know, her husband just comes and says, Hey, let's go for a walk. And he's been asking her like, you know, every week or every day. And she's like, Oh no, I just want to lay down. I just want, and that's because she has low energy. So she's not really, but she really wants to go, but she's like, Oh, I just can't, 
So, so that's just an example. And this is to say everything in life is um, energy. God created this earth. Everything has a flow already. Every single thing in life has a flow. So earth is rotating is one thing. And then within earth, we have um, trees. We have the seasons. We have, um, you know, flowers that come during um, summer or during spring, summer, winter, all that good stuff. And then we're, we're, we come into this earth and we're just plopped in. Of course, we know how we came in, but it's like we're just plopped into this earth and there's a flow going on. So it's like, how do we find that flow um, with earth already going you know, around? And um, in finding that flow, we kind of find, okay, what's the type of energy we need? And what I mean by that is we realize, okay, I came into this world but there are certain things that I really don't like, but I'm realizing that I need. So, for example, me in, me in um, high school in Nigeria, I only drank um, Fanta. <laughs> like, I would never drink water. <laughs> I didn't like water until today. Like, I force myself to drink two to three liters of water a day. And I'm still, you know, it's a daily practice. I still, all these years I've been practicing it. I still have to be loving, not like force it down my throat, but to really remember like, okay, I need water. You know, I didn't really like veggies, but it's like I was created to know that I need veggies. I didn't really like a lot of things, but I was like sleep, for example, I've always fought sleep like you, like um, I shared, um, but my body needs it. So I, I then start to realize, okay, God is really in control because clearly I have no control of anything. There are all these things I'm already created with that I need to, like I kind of need to be in alignment with and adhere to. So there are already laws sort of for my body. And in learning that more and more, I realized, okay, when I actually follow this and do this, I don't eat this, I eat that, I have more energy, you know, and it, it's the same for, for everyone. So we, we start to realize what our energy construct is and what actually gives us energy. And the reason for that is because every single action you do, when you put bad energy into it, you're not putting joy and love into it. So if you're putting anger or something you have to do because you know, you just have to do it. It's going to come back as well. Like whatever you get out of it wouldn't be joyful or loving and all that stuff. So it really all comes down to energy. When you're in good energy, you know, even babies, they know when you have like um, energy for them as opposed to you pretending, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Just play with this. Okay. Okay. You know, as opposed, as opposed to you really being fully present with them, they feel it. You know, and I notice this because I have a lot of um, friends with kids and I play with them a lot. And sometimes when I'm just on my phone, they, they actually feel it. It's so interesting when, mm-hmm. you know, studying kids. So that's really what the energy construct is. And I believe God is also the God who created energy and he created this way. So when you go back to, okay, why did God create me to to eat these things or, and it's different for everybody and drink water. It's clearly to preserve my energy and to preserve the energy to do certain things, mm-hmm. you know, and just coming down to it, that's, that's really where the question comes. Okay. What do you need me to use this energy for, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a quest as well. Um, yeah. 
tell us more about um, like your framework when you're working with business owners. And, yeah. yeah, so I like to say I don't really have a framework because um, it's really in a lot of people speaking, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'll get into that. The way people speak, the words that come out of their mouth, the way they say things, mm-hmm. um, it's coupled with energy as well, but words, the words people pick and choose to use says a lot about exactly where they are, you know, and um, these are things I learned. I did um, neuro-linguistic programming, um, and so I use um, a lot of tactics with that. But um, a framework or a model, which it's different for everybody, but the underlying thing, I call it the alignment, is some sort of alignment framework, and it consists of your body, mind, soul, mm-hmm. um, and support system or community or community. And um, so that is um, your body is really um, divided into three things. So you have um, your inner body, your outer body, and then rest. So inner body is how do you nourish yourself? Mm. You know, because again, going back to energy, you want to be excited about the life you're living and nourishing yourself is going to be different from the way maybe your friend nourishes herself or the things she actually needs. Um, so it's getting to know, okay, what really works for my body? What's my body type? So I also follow, I use um, Ayurveda um, mm-hmm. to, I, I don't know if you know of Ayurveda, but um, I use the body composition chart, but I use it in a very special way with um, clients as well. It's not just, oh, what's your natural composition? It's more of what is your composition as you are right now? What do you need to correct to correct your energy? And we can talk about Ayurveda. It's, and for those who don't know, it's an ancient, um, it's, it, it came from India, but it's an ancient science that basically just says getting sick is a choice. That's really what it is. And that it's the way, you know, your lifestyle, you know, should give you life, not take away life from you. Um, so that's the inner body. Then the outer body is movement. We're humans and we're created to move. You know, um, even going back to the times, going back to the Bible, it's like we're, people were always moving and traveling, right? But when I say movement, it's not just traveling. It's really how do you exercise your body? Now we don't walk miles and miles and miles. Now we actually be, we have to be more intentional mm. about how do we, move you know so for me i love pilates i love um dancing i love yin i don't do yoga but there is something called yin yoga which is just deep stretches but not any funky pose um and um, those are some of the main things i do actually um so people need to find out what is what is what type of movement do they like people don't like to move coming from nigeria (laughs) We don't work out. I mean, now people are, but we're not, we're not born, (laughs) you know, knowing. So for me, I used to hate working out and now I love it. I work out a lot. I look forward to it. Um, So, but you need to find what works. Is it walking? Is it dancing? Is it running? Like Pilates, whatever it is, just find what works so you can get your body moving and your blood circulating. And then rest is really just sleep. Mm. Sleep and do practicing sometimes to just do nothing, resting through the day when we're exhausted, like just take one to five minutes to rest, be in silence, not go on Instagram, you know, 
um, I'm practicing that, you know, more frequently and then sleeping, knowing what your body needs. So I learned very quickly um, because I also had a lot of health challenges because of my habits and nothing else, you know. Um, so you need to know how many hours of sleep do I actually need to have good energy for most of the day. And at the end of the day, energy really comes from resting. Resting, sleeping is a gift. You know, there, there's a lot of, you know, um, science and a lot of research done on sleep and how our body fixes itself and, you know, constructs itself and so on. So, and, and sleep comes into that with food. It also comes into what are the times I need to eat, you know, um, to know you sleep well as well. So anyways, moving on, then you have, so that's body. Then you have your mind. Your mind is really, um, everything you take in and feed yourself. So this is everything one listens to everything. One conversations people have more, most frequently everything they watch Mm-hmm. Um, and all those three things really, um, creates their perspective about life, the books they read, things they read as well. It creates their perspective about life and their perspective about life really, um, drives the internal conversation they have with themselves as well. Not just our experiences, but it mm-hmm. uses our experiences and all the stuff we take in and creates that conversation with ourselves. It creates how people see the world as well. Mm -hmm. So that's another very interesting thing. So if people feed themselves a lot of fear and there's something fearful going on, they're just going to go to like the scariest thing they watched or like, oh my goodness, maybe this is going to happen. And, you know, it's just, and then, so I always tell people, you know, like in the book of Philippians, we need to feed ourselves things that are joyful, loving, and so on. And um, a lot of us don't do that because the world just pushes in all these negativity and fear, you know, down our throats, literally forcing them into our cells and our systems. And it's just ridiculous. So that's the mind. And then the soul is, um, the soul is um, really silence. It's really where you meet with God or the God of your understanding you know, it's where you listen in Mm -hmm. and so, so, so that can be practiced through silence. You know, a lot of people are so afraid to be on their own during the pandemic. I had, um, there was a client who could not be on her own. She was so scared Mm -hmm. to just be with herself. And it's a, a lot of people could laugh at it, but it was actually a very sad and scary thing. Like she had to have people over So it's like that practice of what would it be like to just spend a day not consuming? So because of that, it was a lot of consumption that she was doing. So what is it like to just stop all those things and just be with you? Can you even be with yourself? You know, like I ask people that, like if you, if one cannot be with themselves, how do you expect others to Mm -hmm. be with you? If, if um, you're with others, there is a chance that um, if one can be with themselves, they'll be very uncomfortable with other people, no matter who it is, mm. right? So the soul is really that silence um, streak of just being silent. And then, of course, prayer. So your soul has to do with prayer. So prayer and meditation. I don't do, I don't really listen. Even when we listen to a lot of these meditations, it's still noise. 
you know, but like, how do we really cultivate that relationship with God and with ourselves is really through silence and really listening. Like that's how we get strong. And then you have the support system, which is um, your people in your life that you love and trust, Mm -hmm. you know, um, a lot of us, a lot of us, and it's really unfortunate We don't have people that we love and trust that we can even take bullets for in our lives. And it's like, even if it's one person, you need at least one person that you can love and trust. Like you can't do, you can't be one of those super spiritual, mindful people and you have no one in your life. Like you're going to be miserable. So we need a community we love and trust and we can be ourselves with as well. And it could be one person and that's fine. So taking these four aspects and aligning them to your goals, your vision for your life, you know, to God's will for your life and aligning them to how you were designed, like how God created you and to his will. So that's one thing. And the way to really exercise it is a lot of people think it's a destination, but it's really just a daily practice of being consistent with how you, you know, nourish yourself, make sure you're making sure you're resting, making sure you're feeding yourself the right things. Of course, do fun stuff, mm. you know, but this is the alignment framework, literally. Um, and it's um, when you're doing this, you have to find the joy in it. That's the other part. You have to enjoy the process. So don't eat kale or force yourself to eat salads <laughs> because they're like, oh, you need to eat salads or Um, You want to be slim and you're just forcing your body by doing all these really harsh cleanses, you know, to be slim. Like a lot of people do that and they do it for a vacation and they, um, they come back and they binge and then they hit their bodies again, but we're meant to be one within our body. So this framework um, underneath it is um, the integrity, consistency and commitment. So we need to keep integrity with ourselves You know, do we actually say the things that we do? And this is where the embodiment comes because when we don't do the things we actually say we'll do, we, our body knows it and keeps that somewhere in our body as tension. It could be in our cells or something, you know, is formed in our body and people don't know this. So it's keeping that integrity, like, okay, what are you going to do? You know, as your daily practice, this is just an example. And then making it a commitment, like, okay, once a excuse me, once a week or once a month or whatever, you know, you want to do certain things. And then um, the consistency of it is really, then it doesn't become this thing you're forcing yourself to do. And I I don't like the word force, but it's almost like that's where you also have to come from love. And the courage is actually following this and knowing that you're going to be aligned. So all this comes down to, um, being comfortable within yourself in your body, because if one is not comfortable in their body, them just going out into the world, they will be very closed, you know, at times, even though they're, they're very excited to be where they are, but they're not sending out the right, you know, energy as well. And, um, so we develop a framework for most of um, the clients I work with. And then, um, the other thing is, um, it's in their speaking as well you know, to really see, because it comes down to their beliefs um, as well. Like, what do they really believe about themselves, about the world, about God and all those things? So we need um, to to rectify or, or change some things. All of this would modify and change their energy, how they relate to people, finding out the truth, 
like what they actually really want to do with their lives, finding out who's actually not good for them in their lives, you know, and then just slowly moonwalking out of a lot of things, <laughs> you know, closing chapters and moving towards the right direction because you're dropping all the heavy stuff that does not serve where you're headed to, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Powerful. A lot there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, I think we could be here for another hour. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, but just in the interest of time, if anyone wants to learn more about your work, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. Yeah. So um the podcast is called the Badass Fabulous Podcast. And currently on a break, um, recording season two and producing it. So I'm excited about that. Um, then Throne Therapy, if you're looking for counseling or some guidance in just, you know, you're just trying to figure out life, you feel lost, um, you can go to thronetherapy.com. And then, um, yeah, that those are really the two places. And my email, um, if you want to reach out to me through email, is um, badassfabulous at gmail.com. Incredible. Thank yeah. you so much, Pedro. Thank you. Thank you, Nika, for having me. This was a fun conversation. Lots of talking. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Awesome. I loved, loved, loved that conversation with Pedro. And um, I guess um, there may be some of you that are wondering, why, what in the world does all of this have to do with entrepreneurship? <laughs> I think it's absolutely um, foundational. As Simon Sinek says in his book, Start With Why?, Quite often, as leaders, we focus on the how and the what without understanding the why. And the why really speaks to purpose and meaning and contribution and having a deeper sense of grounding um, rather than just doing, being tactical, being opportunistic. And Jay Hughes, who's a leading expert in the world of family enterprise space and a huge advocate for the importance of qualitative capital, speaks about how quite often in family enterprises, there's an overemphasis on financial capital, but it's way more than that. The qualitative capital is absolutely critical. And he's an advocate for um, the qualitative capital consists of human capital, relationship capital, structural capital, social capital, but also spiritual or legacy capital. Now, when we're talking about spiritual um, or legacy, it's got nothing to do with religion. It literally is just, what is the family's sense of purpose and shared values? What is the family's culture and shared identity? And the family is a sum of the parts of the individual, right? So, we first start doing this work by identifying what are the individual sense of purpose and values? What's the individuals? What, what do they stand for? And what's their identity? And then we look at what are the commonalities amongst all family members and start to curate and define the family's culture. So it's absolutely critical, particularly as an entrepreneur, if you're in the early stages of your entrepreneurship journey and you you don't necessarily see yourself as a family business, but at some point it's absolutely critical for you to gain clarity as to what is all this for? What do I stand for? What's the culture? What's my identity? So that you can have clarity as an individual, band together with your family members and start to define your shared identity and shared values. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, take good care and God bless you.